Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I hope that you take the time to hit the subscribe button. Make you sure that you subscribe to this podcast and then share it with your friends. I want to get right into it today. I want to talk from the topic, the great deception, the great deception. Many people are being deceived in these last days. And I want to share some things from the very depths of my heart. And I share some scripture as well. But from the depths of my heart, just take a look at church for a minute. A lot of people say that there are hypocrites in the church. But what people don't understand is that none of us is righteous. No, not one. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So in the church, there will be people that fall short of the glory of God. But it does not mean that they are no longer Christians. It does not mean that they don't love God. It does not mean that they don't have a relationship with God. It just means that they fail. It means that they're human. It means that Christ's death, burial, and resurrection has power. The blood of Jesus has power. The power to forgive us for our sins. And no matter how many times we sin, we need to ask God to forgive us and work on also asking him to help us turn from our sins. One We all need forgiveness. And two, we need God's help through the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to turn away from our sins. But then there's a third aspect. The third aspect is that some sin has been put in our lives to keep us humble. For there is no sinless man that has ever walked the earth except for Jesus Christ. His sinlessness allowed him to be the perfect lamb of God whose sacrifice take away the sins of the world. His sinlessness allowed him to die as a sacrifice for the entire world, which is very important because many people ask me daily, how is it that Christ is better than Buddha, Ashentu, or any of the other men who have led spiritual movements? What makes it different? Well, first of all, our relationship with Christ is not based on a movement. It's based on a relationship. All other things are forms of religion, man's way of worshiping God. But in Christianity, God gives us 66 books to help us to understand that there are ways that he desires to be worshiped. And there's a way that he desires us to live as it relates to him. But the biggest difference between Christianity and other faith walks is simply this. In the Christian faith, we serve the only God who says that he came into the earth, gave his life as a ransom, and died for our sins, and lives again. The only one, not Buddha, not Shinto, not Muhammad, not Joe Smith, none of these men, no matter how great they were in the time that they lived, have given their life as a ransom and lives both in us and for us so that we can have eternal life. That's the difference. The difference maker is that Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with God that is individual, that is intentional, and that is purposeful 
so that we might live in a way that is pleasing and acceptable in the sight of Almighty God. So let's start with that. Now, moving on from that, you have to understand that inside of the church, there are all kinds of people. There are people that are not saved at all. There are people that are there because their parents wanted them to be there. There are people that are there because of a woman or a man that they're seeking after, seeking after relationships or friendships. There are people there just because it's the right thing to do. They've sinned all week and they just want to get it right. They're trying to fix their lives. But then there are people there who are actually saved, who are actually born-again believers, who are not perfect by any stretch of the mean, but they are striving, they have received Christ in their life, and they are striving to build on this relationship with God. So here's the church. So you can't go into a church, look at individuals, and determine who's who and what's what. First of all, you need a relationship with Christ to even have the discernment to make those kinds of judgments. But more than that, we're not in the church to pick out who's a Christian, who's not, who's doing this and who's doing that. If you're there for those reasons, you are there for the wrong reason. I am in church to get myself together. You are in church to get yourself together. And people do not define who God is. People may resemble God at times and unresemble God in other times, but God always resembles himself at all times. He is God all by himself. His son is Jesus all by himself. He is our Lord and he is our savior. At least that's what he desires to be. And then the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, when we receive Christ as our Lord and savior, he comes in our lives to save us. But we have old habits and we have old ways. And that's why we're constantly trying to turn away from who we are. But there's hope. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away and behold, all things are becoming new. But many of us are tethered to our past. But here is where the great deception is. And we're tethered to our past, and we are prone to looking at people, hearing things, seeing things, dimly, partially, and passing judgment. So let me share this. Something that I've studied and, and just really got to me, and I, as I talked last week about the division that is in the world, but I want to tell you why there's division in the world. This message I said is called the great deception. Let me read this to you very quickly. It's Revelations 12 and 9. I'm reading from a couple of different versions to make it clear, but they're all the same scripture, 12 and 9, Revelation. And the huge dragon was cast down and out. The old age serpent or snake who is called the devil and Satan, he who is the seducer, the deceiver of all humanity the world over. He was forced out and down to the earth and his angels, demons, angels, dark angels, demons, were flung out along with him. As much as I know that God is real because of the things that I've experienced in my life, I also know that the devil is real because of the things that I've experienced in my life. 
And we can't be born again believers and not understand the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is that God exists and Satan exists and they are enemies one of another. And because God loves us for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Satan hates us because God loves us. He cannot destroy God. He cannot oppose God, but he can come after what God loves. It's like anything else, any other conspiracy in the earth. When people can't get to you, they go after your family, they go after your children, they go after your spouse, they go after your friends, they go after your loved ones, they go after someone who will impact you in such a way to get you to do what he wants them to do. And if you can't, won't do it, then just to cause you harm, to cause you injury, to cause you hurt, to cause you pain. And the enemy's way at getting back at God for being cast out of the, the heavens is simply to cause pain and harm and hurt in the earth amongst God's people, to confuse people so much to the point that they no longer want to be in the church, want any relationship with God, because the bottom line is you're going to see some things in church, but you cannot confuse what you see in church with God. You have to know that God is God in the heavens above, and we are humans in the earth below, and we struggle with things. And we don't always deal with things in a way that is consistent with God's character. So then this is where forgiveness comes in. We have to learn to forgive one another. We have to learn how to love one another. Forgiveness is an offshoot of love. If you love God and you know how much God has forgiven you, then it should be easy for us to forgive others. God has had compassion on us. So with the same compassion that he's had on you, the Bible declares that we should have on other people. God has had mercy on us. We need to be merciful to others just as God has been merciful to us. We don't need to be condemning. There, therefore, now is no condemnation to him who goes after the spirit and not after the flesh. It's a simple thing. We can't tear each other apart based on a soundbite, based on what someone said, based on what you may have heard. If you have not done the research, if you were not there, if you don't know how the devil is a deceiver, he uses people to slip counterfeits in our spirit to get us to think one thing when it's actually another. Yes, it was said, but that ain't the whole story. And you need to know the whole story. Even as a pastor for over 20 some odd years, I learned this about truth. Someone comes in and says another person did something. Another person comes in and says another person did something. You don't know if that is true until you do the research. So I always tell people in counseling, there are three sides to every story. His side, her side, and the truth. You have to be able to discern the truth, but you cannot discern that without a proper research, proper discernment, and a relationship with Jesus Christ who gives us the Holy Spirit who now helps us to and guides us to all truth and understanding. Because at the end of the day, we're not in the business of condemning one another. 
At the end of the day, we're in the business of restoring one another. Ye who are spiritual, restore your brother, lest ye fall in the same temptation. We cannot be destructive one towards another. We can't go after each other one towards another. So I'm going to read this again and read this very clearly so that you understand who you're dealing with. So the dragon was thrown down, the old snake, who is called the devil, and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. He is a deceiver, listen, of the whole world. He has that ability. When we first meet him in Genesis chapter 1, it says he is the most crafty, or he is the most cunning. Oh, he is the slickest. I don't care what you use, cunning, crafty, slick, but he is the most deceptive person in the whole world. He was the most deceptive beast in the field, the most cunning, the slickest beast in the field. He deceived Adam and Eve. He deceived Eve so much so that he uses three things. When we fall in sin, it's usually one of three areas. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the lust of the eyes. Or the pride of life. When you read the deception story, actually I'm going to read the first six verses and I want to focus on six. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and he said to the woman, has God indeed said? Has God? You know what God said. You heard what God said but he's trying to get them to begin to teeter-totter on maybe he said it, maybe he didn't, he didn't say it like this, maybe he said it like that. Deception. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now God didn't say anything about touching it. He said, if you eat it, the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat it, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. It wasn't touched. She had a misconception in her spirit. So watch this. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So remember, in her mind, she's thinking about touching. In her mind, she's thinking about physical death. But this is not the kind of death. As a matter of fact, I'm not even so sure that at that particular juncture that Eve even understood the concept of death because the gardens was a place of eternal life. They could live forever in that garden. But watch this. Here's verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that's the lust of the flesh, that it was pleasant to the eyes, that's the lust of the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. So desirable to make one wise, that's the pride of life. He used very simple tricks to defeat Adam and Eve. He was a deceiver. He is a deceiver. He will always be a deceiver. So look at the world today. All over the internet, preachers attacking preachers, teachers attacking teachers, no one having mercy, 
Instead of preaching about the love of Jesus Christ, the mercy of Jesus Christ, instead of preaching about the towel ministry, the ministry of Shem and Japheth when they backed in so they wouldn't see the nakedness of their father, and instead of people having a sand ministry, riding in the sand, not the same words that Jesus said, but here are words that we can write in the sand, but for the grace of God, there go I. And so how do we cast the first stone? We are devouring one another, just like the Bible talked about. We are being deceived. We cannot just attack each other and destroy each other. There's already a place set up for that. And the Bible says there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The hell that was created for the devil and his angels, it's clearly written in the scripture, was not created for man. It's for the devil and his angels. All I'm saying is, don't be deceived. Be like Jesus. Read Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Watch the way that Jesus navigated the enemy using the word of God. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let's get back in the word. Let's get back in the way. Let's discern right from wrong. Let's make sure the enemy does not deceive us. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I pray that this message has blessed you tremendously and that you will go and influence the world. God bless.